Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 2nd, 2014. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon is entitled, From Beginning to End, The Message is Still the Same. With several years of ministry under his belt, as he is beginning the end of his ministry, he hears the same message. Beloved, from beginning to end, the message is still the same. A word of affirmation, a word of love, a name expresses the very heart of the call of God on our lives. Beloved, early on, we hear these words all the way back to Mary before Jesus was even born we hear do not be afraid fear not is a mantra of sorts from beginning to end the message is still the same a calming word of consolation and comfort and instruction do not be afraid. There will be about a thousand sermons preached today about mountaintop experiences. It makes sense to go there given today's text and topic, but I was struck by the words that practically bookend the life and ministry of Jesus more than any mountaintop experience. Do not be afraid and beloved show up at the beginning and then they show up again at the end and those messages are located all in the middle of the Jesus story. This is perhaps the best news we have, a message that is so simple which does not equal easy. But it's a message that is attainable. This is doable stuff. To live without fear as a beloved child of God is possible. When we do that, when we live without fear as a beloved child of God, I believe we will experience transfiguration in ourselves. I'm talking about the dazzling, bright, shiny kind of transfiguration that happens even if it's only in a fleeting event here and there, even if it happens in back alleys and under bridges in addition to beautiful mountaintops, sometimes that bright and dazzling light only shines for a moment. That's why we have to be paying attention. It is my job to believe that transfiguration can still happen. I get paid to remember that. I get paid to remind you that transfiguration still happens, that change is possible, that turnarounds still happen, that transformation still takes place that regret and repentance still lead to redemption. I get paid 
to remind you that resurrection still happens, that hope still abounds. On that mountain of transfiguration that day, the disciples caught a glimpse of Jesus like they had never seen him before. He was changed. The Greek word for transfiguration is better metamorphosis. He was completely changed right before their eyes, and so were they. I am as likely as the next person to doubt this. I'm not talking about doubting a biblical account of something that seems more like a dream or a vision than anything real. I'm talking about doubting that people can really be transfigured, transformed, and changed. Reality has a way of clouding our vision. We want to believe that change is possible, but life has taught us to question that, except, except there really are alcoholics who really do finally take that last drink and it never passes their lips again. There really are people that are estranged from one another who have spoken so harshly words out loud that they regret saying and they want to pull them back in and then they go forever and not speak and then are reunited. Forgiveness still comes. Transfiguration still lives. Clarity still comes and changes people's hearts. Rebellious teenagers sometimes turn into productive, selfless, giving adults who make a real difference in the world. They not only do it sometimes, they do it most of the time. Some abusers actually get help and they stop hitting and they stop yelling. People really do come out of comas. People really have their cancer to go into remission and end up living a long, wonderful life. Cheaters still do come clean. Time helps and people can change. Transfiguration still occurs, and I am paid to remind us of that, even when I doubt it myself. We are prone to doubt this because we live in the real world where it seems that more often than not, people don't change, they just become more so, don't they? Beekner's quote listed at the beginning of your bulletin about that dazzling faces still appear if we pay attention. He names it in a woman that bakes bread. You see it. He names it at a baseball game and in the stands and you just see this radiance. I am living proof that in the stands, with every strikeout from one certain pitcher, my face is transfigured. 
I am living proof that every time a certain catcher throws a guy out stealing second, I live tweet, hashtag never gets old. <laughs> and then I thought about the photographs of the bride and groom walking down the aisle out of the church. It's not a staged or posed picture. It's real-time transfiguration, happiness, and bliss. Have you ever seen a bad picture of that scene? Even the marriages that end in divorce, that picture almost always captures a moment that if you let yourself go back in your mind, you will remember the joy and the happiness for that one moment. It's the photo of leaving the wedding stress and heading into marital bliss. It's the photo that says, we did it. Even though hard times will come and that couple can't see it in the moment. And some of those times will be so hard that it will cause the collapse of the vows that had just been spoken. But still, in that moment, was transfiguration. It's often fleeting, so you better pay attention. I think of the eight-year-old birthday blowing out the candles picture. Surrounded by your closest friends that you think will be your friends for life, though more than likely you will have moved on from one another before high school. But still, you dazzle as you make that wish. And what about the photo of the newborn cradled in the arms of parents for the very first time? The dazzling look of the mother, bone-tired, exhausted, and ugly beyond measure, beaming with joy at this little one who's going to turn her world completely upside down. The graduations, the proms, the 50th wedding anniversaries, the baby dedications, the baptisms, and all the many dazzling moments that are not captured on film where all of our fears are held at bay for a moment and we simply soak in the love that is surrounding us. Those moments where we accept that we are indeed beloved. I hope I have triggered some transfiguration moment for you. You know that moment where you dazzled. Whether captured in a photograph that can be framed or an image that you can only carry in your heart, I hope you have realized that on that day, in that moment, known as the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was revealed as the Son of God. That's who he had always been. But a few of those disciples caught a glimpse of who he was in a way that changed them forever. And every single time we allow ourselves to abide by the words, do not be afraid, and you are my beloved, in those moments we too are transfigured into a beloved child of God. 
It's who we are at our core. But fear covers it up. Fear and selfishness. Sometimes it's mental illness and de depression that cover it up. Sometimes it's grief. Sometimes it's greed. Lots of things cover up who we really are, and yet God is always trying to help us be revealed as the child of God that we are. I tried to think of a way to show you transfiguration, to prove once and for all, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that those moments do indeed still happen. But I wanted something a little deeper than baseball games and birthday candles for our non-social media savvy folks. Let me give you a quick tutorial. There's Man Crush Monday and Woman Crush Wednesday, where you post pictures of the man or woman that you love. Then there's my personal favorite, Throwback Thursday where you get to go back to the oldie goldie photos and post pictures from the good old days, which is sometimes just last week, but whatever. It's a moment from your past that brings you either delight or laughter. And then there's Selfie Sunday, where you hold up your phone And you take a picture of yourself looking happy with other people in it. You'll see that later today if you are savvy on social media. Selfie Sunday where you hold up a picture and take a picture of yourself. Sometimes other people can be in Selfie Sunday making crazy faces or looking a bit thuggish. I don't understand why. That's the end of my tutorial. I'm back to the point. It was Sunday in Cuba a couple of weeks ago and we were saying our goodbyes late that night. I walked up to hug Dulce Maria. I had laid hands on her a few years ago as she was ordained as the second deacon of that church. She's old. She walks with a cane. I don't really know her full story, but I know she's an old Cuban woman, which means she's had a hard life. I hugged her, and she rattled off a bunch of Spanish words. Somewhere in there, she grabbed my face and practically pinched my cheeks, talking the whole time. I heard something that sounded like the way they pronounce Russ, and then I heard something that sounded like Nino's, and I knew that she was sending love to my family. She went on and on. I simply said when she finished, nos vemos pronto. That is the one Spanish phrase that I know confidently. Who am I kidding? It's the only Spanish phrase I know. <laughs> it means I'll see you soon. She grabbed my face again and she repeated it back to me. Nos vemos pronto, pronto. Soon, 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 soon. 
So I had my phone, and I put my arm around her, and I snapped a picture of us, and then I showed it to her. She cackled laughing. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. She pulled people over to come look at it. She threw her hands up in the air. She slapped them down. She could not stop laughing. I desperately wanted someone to translate hashtag selfie Sunday for her, for me. But I knew it wouldn't translate since they don't have the internet, Twitter, Facebook, or iPhones, much less hashtags. But it was the best selfie Sunday I have ever taken. Because look at it. Look at her. Her face is dazzling. Just look at her. An old Cuban woman on a cane who sometimes can only eat one meal a day because either she doesn't have the money for food or if she has the money, she can't get the food because it's not available. She has no transportation. She lives in a house that most of us wouldn't want to spend one night in, much less call it home. But just look at her beaming in my selfie Sunday with me. Hashtag, best one ever. And look at me. That smile is real. It is joy. I'm afraid I don't smile like that enough here. But you see, we land in Cuba for a few days, and they are a transfigured people. They are transfigured for a moment in time from a people who work so hard for so little, a people who have no transportation, a people who sometimes can't access even the most basic of things like beans and coffee, a people who cannot get basic medicines on a consistent basis for things like high blood pressure or headaches. A people who hate their government but have no power and no voice to make changes to a system that keeps them oppressed. And we arrive in the midst of all of this, we, the imperial aggressors from the north, as Fidel likes to call us. We arrive and for a few days they are transfigured. They host us with the best food ever and they get to eat while we are there. Even meat, because we buy it for them so that they can serve us. And they get a little transportation here and there from the vehicles that we rent. And then they get to dance and they get to laugh and they get to play. And for a few short days a year, they are transfigured it is dazzling, really. But here's the thing. They are not the only ones transfigured. So are we. There were more selfies. That's Marta. 
I baptized her just that afternoon, and I put my arm around her and took the picture, and I don't know why she made that face. She had no idea what I was about to do. And then there's Ida. I baptized her years ago, and another woman that her name will not come to me right now, Lazara, and she goes, Wendy, 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 Wendy. I think that means tell Wendy hello. <laughs> and then there's Daniel. His eyes are dazzling. And he's playing the guitar and the rhythm instruments in worship. And then there's John, who really took to our boys when we went because they played baseball together, and he is a musician as well. And then there's Alexandro, who's growing up right before our eyes, and we did the duck face selfie. <laughs> duck face, y'all know about that? That's the next tutorial, I'll tell you. I did not teach Alexandro the thug life. And then there was Betsy, who came alive like you have never seen Betsy. She danced and danced and danced with Maria and Rosemarie. Something about her with those children, they just are so drawn to her as she teaches them the Lord's Prayer in Spanish. And then Liza bought this dress from this woman whose name is Nancy. And just, well, you can look at Nancy's face, but look at Liza. And Alex, oh my goodness, this is the best picture ever of transfiguration because Alex was taking a selfie and the light just poured through them. Look at him. He's not thinking about Test or what he's going to do with the rest of his life. He never thinks about that, does he, Jim and Jean? No. They would like for him to be in the real world a little bit more, but this is how Alex lives his whole life, practically. And Dulcie, right there with him. Not a tooth in her head. Beaming. Transfigured. And then my roommate and I on the beach, we took a thug one, but I'm not going to show you. And then Marcella. I met her when she was 12, a young girl in the church that would have been on Rosemary's knee if Rosemary had gone 10 years ago. The girl that I baptized when she was about 16 years old, the girl that is now a seminary student and the acting pastor of the church and a leader of the youth in all of Cuba for the fraternity of Baptist churches of Cuba. Poor, have nothing. Rich, have everything. For two days, we were transfigured. It still happens. I am paid to remind you of that. From beginning to end, do not be afraid. You are a beloved child of God. When you believe this and recognize this and embrace this, 
you will be transfigured. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.